0: Hey, well, thank you guys. Um, There are some other really awesome workshops that I almost just went to. Um, Like the one about dating and courtship. I thought everyone was just going to go to that. I mean, come on. Or practicing the presence of God. But you know what? Decision making is really, really important. So um, I'm really glad that you guys came. And I've got a lot of real life experience in this, because I made a lot of poor decisions, and so, um, so I'll share one of those stories, uh, but first let me pray for us, and then we'll, we'll jump in. Lord, we are so thankful that you are the God who walks with us through our life, and even in the midst of all the poor decisions that we have made, the mistakes that we have made in our life, that you've had grace for us. That you've been there to pick up the pieces and that, that you are a God who is just full of mercy and forgiveness, second chances. Um, but we also thank you that you are the God who promises to give us wisdom when we ask for it. And, and so, um, Lord, today I pray that you would raise our level of maturity, raise our level of, of wisdom when it comes to making major decisions, making wise decisions in life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so today we're talking about making major decisions in life. And my guess is that each one of you has some decision that is on your mind. That you're like, okay, I'm going to have to make a big decision at some point in the next couple of years. Whether that be uh, what you're going to do after your undergrad or what you're going to do after you graduate. Or who you're going to marry, or who you who you aren't going to marry, or whatever it might be. You've got some pretty big decisions, and and that's really what we're talking about here. We're not we're not talking about making the decision of like, you know, are you going to eat the the French toast for breakfast here, or are you going to go for a healthier option, or you know, should you have one cup of coffee or two cups of coffee? That's not really what we're talking about here. We're talking about making major life decisions that are going to determine the trajectory of your life in one way or another, okay? Now, they don't have to be these huge decisions like who you're going to marry, but we're talking still about significant decisions or things that you're going to be committing to. So a number of years ago, when I was first on staff with Challenge, uh, my wife and I didn't have any kids yet, and we were just like so excited for like every ministry opportunity that we could possibly be a part of. And we were excited about evangelism. We were excited about church planting. We were excited about reaching college students. We were excited about missions. We were excited about reaching international students. And so um, uh, we were invited to this event that was kind of like hearing about how we could better reach international students in our community, and so people from a whole bunch of different ministries came to this event. It was kind of like like this, you know. We had a bunch of people sitting around, and someone shared just this compelling message about reaching um, students who were coming to SDSU with scholarships from from other countries. And uh, then after they they shared this this compelling message, they're like, "Okay, now everyone." Get into groups of like five and come up with a strategy for how you are going to reach those students. And we're like, sweet. Yes, let's do it. And so we start. And so, you know, just by nature of Dana and I both being in ministry, uh, vocationally, we kind of took the lead with our table and, you know, we're coming up with these ideas. And then at the end, you know, it was kind of like, all right, now go do it. And without even thinking about how much of a commitment it would, have, it would be, we just jumped in, and we started plugging in with this ministry. Meetings for this ministry, uh, meeting up with other staff members from that ministry, praying together, and it was all great stuff, right? There was one problem. I was on staff with Challenge. And now my time was totally divided between these two really good things. And I realized that I had made a decision in a moment without really thinking it through. And these were wonderful, wonderful people that were working with this other ministry with a wonderful heart and an amazing God given vision. But I just hadn't taken the time to go through an appropriate decision making process to think if that was what God wanted for me and for my wife. And so at a certain point we realized, okay, we've spread ourselves too thin. We've made these commitments without even um, really praying through it and thinking through it. And now we have to go to these uh, wonderful people and tell them, I'm sorry, we made this commitment before we were really able to. And uh, so we had to, had to cut that off. And they were really gracious to us, but they're also like, wait, did we do something wrong? Like, was there something we did to offend you? We're like, no, I, I just made a commitment before I really should have made a commitment. And so we're going to be talking about how to avoid some of those, those pitfalls and uh, go through an, a, a really helpful, godly decision-making process. And uh, one of the guys who's been super helpful in my life for for learning how to make good decisions is a guy named Harold Bullock. And uh, some of you guys may have heard of, heard about him. There's going to be a really cool conference that he's going to be speaking at next month called the Relevate Conference. But he did a, um, like a, a wisdom conference, like a three-day conference, just on the topic of decision-making. And so that conference, um, I've kind of whittled down a lot of the nuggets from that into this workshop today okay so i first just want to ask what are some of the big decisions that you are going to be facing like if it's something super personal you don't need to share but like what what's on your minds what are you guys thinking about yeah yeah what to do after graduation what states to move to yeah that's going to make that's going to be a big thing yeah, what church to be, are you going to be plugged into? That's a huge, crucial decision. Yeah, what else? Whether or not to go into the mission field. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing, but is that what you're supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah, where to work. Yeah. Yeah, what area of ministry to head to after? Whether church. Yeah, no, that's, that should be obvious, it's college ministry. No, I'm just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. See, see, don't just take my advice, right? Okay. Are <laughs> you gonna say something? If and when to marry? Yeah, these are some some huge things. How about one more? Anyone want to shout out one more? Yeah. What to quit? Yes. Eventually, that's that's what I had to do, right? I got to a point where I was like, oh man, I can't I can't have my cake and eat it too, right? Like, oh, there's a point when when. We have to sometimes stop one thing in order to add on a new thing. When you get married, you'll, you'll realize that if that's what God has called you to do. So, okay. Um, so I've got, what, six major points that I want to talk about. Am I right or is it seven? Seven. Okay, right, seven. Okay, so the first is that whenever, whenever you're trying to make a decision, you need to clarify the decision that you need to make. Clarify the decision that you that you need to make. You wanna ask yourself, what is the apparent problem that I'm facing? So you wanna be asking yourself, what, what do I really think the problem is? Because if we don't know what the actual problem is that we're trying to solve by making a decision, then we might start trying things that aren't actually going to fix the heart problem. Um, so that's really important. So the goal, in this phase, is to determine what course of action to follow. Um, Otherwise, you might just start trying trying different things without really having a direction. So, this is kind of like setting the course for your decision-making process, okay? So, you really want to clarify for yourself, what is the decision that I'm trying to make? The second thing, and this should be obvious, but it's actually not always obvious, is prepare your heart and pray. Prepare your heart and pray. And this is where we have this promise in James 1, 5, where God says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. That's a promise from the Lord. If you're needing wisdom, you can believe ahead of time that as you ask him for wisdom, that he is going to be faithful in that promise. He is going to help you make that decision that you need to make, and if you're if you're really trusting him. Now, as you're preparing your heart, you're asking him for wisdom, um, you want to you be real with him and ask him to prepare your heart in, in a few ways by showing you a few things. Like, for one, is you want to ask God, God, am I really looking out for your will, or do I have an agenda? And you want to be real with yourself about that. Maybe God will convict you, and you'll realize, you know what? I'm, I'm really wanting to make a certain decision, but it's because of some sort of selfish ambition in my own heart. Um, so you want to ask yourself, do I really have a neutral, submitted heart to, to the will of God? Is just going, God, okay, I want what you want for me. I want your plans for me. I'm not trying to, to weasel something to get my own will, to get my own desires here, Lord. I want you to really lead me. I'm neutral in this. And that might be a hard place to get to. Um, you want to ask yourself, are you walking in obedience to the Lord? There is a sense in which sin is like a dimmer switch in our life. In hearing, the, in hearing the guidance of the Lord. And so when we're maybe like caught up in, in sin, when we're not really fully repentant, fully surrendered, it's gonna be harder for us to hear the Lord. There's gonna be static on the line. And so you wanna be at a place where you're going, okay, I wanna repent of the, the sin that has entangled me and that might be hindering my, my uh, intimacy with the Lord. And then you wanna ask yourself, are you really depending on God in this. And then ask God to help you see what options are available. A lot of times when you come to make a decision, you're going you're gonna to first think, okay, there's two options. Either I marry Jack or I marry John. That's it. Those are my options right here. There might be a lot of other options. A- am I either going to go um, serve as a missionary or am I going to be an accountant? I going to be: And so you actually want to want to um, ask God to help you see all the possible options. If you can come up with a third option, then you'll probably be able to come up with a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh option. And I would encourage you to, to jot down on a note these different options that are presenting themselves, and you might not end up going with either Jack or John. Okay, it might not be either of those two options. I hope there's no woman woman uh, dating a Jack or a John in here. Just, yeah. Okay, um, so ask God to help you see what other options are available. Um, and then record those in a, note, a notebook. Okay, the third thing that you want to do is consider the circumstances. Consider the circumstances that are going on in your life. In Acts 16, verses 6 through 7, it says, And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Okay, so this is interesting. Now, we don't really know in this context how the Holy Spirit forbid these guys from preaching the word in Asia and in these other places, um, whether it was a voice from the Holy Spirit or a prompting from the Spirit, or whether the Holy Spirit just like totally, you know, closed a door somehow. Um, But we can see that somehow the, the Holy Spirit put in their circumstances some way that made it pretty clear they were not to go to Asia at that time and preach the gospel there. And so God led them to another place in spite of their, their circumstances. So you want to ask yourself about your circumstances. What are the facts? What are the facts here? Okay. You want to be real with yourself. You want to have faith, but you also want to be real about the facts. Okay. You want to um, ask, what's the real problem? We we'll talked about that a little bit in the first in the first part identifying the problem but now you've got a little bit more information you've gathered the facts and the real problem might present itself you want to ask yourself what are my resources how much money do i have if you're like yeah i want to start a um i don't know what's something crazy i don't know i'm i'm I don't want to offend anyone by like saying something that maybe is like a dream on your heart. But let, let's just say, I'm going to start this like billion-dollar company. The Lord, I think, is leading me here because I had this dream about loads of cash. This is going to be awesome. And they're like, Kevin, how much, how much uh, capital do you have to start this up? Oh, nothing. <laughs> nothing but by faith. It's like, okay, well, it's really the Lord then maybe he wants you to step forward with that. But if there's not a clear voice from the Lord telling me I need to start this billion dollar company, um, then I really wanna be real about the facts and go, maybe that's not what God uh, has for me. So how much money do you have? How much time, um, how much manpower do you have? That's all gonna come into play when you make a decision, a wise decision. And then, what are the possible solutions? What are the possible solutions to the problem that you are trying to face? Um, I'll give you another personal, uh, personal example of this. Um, there have been multiple times as I've been doing ministry that supporters or family, friends, or, or prayer partners have come come to me and uh, asked to present a, an, another business opportunity, something else that I can do. You guys kind of know what I'm talking about? You know those guys are like, I can help you generate an extra $4,500 a month in passive income, and it's only going to take another two hours a week, right? Sounds so, so awesome. And then you realize, no, it's not another two hours a week, and it's not $4,500 a month, but Anyway, I had someone come to me in, in, um, and, and try and re- recruit me for this. But um, as I really looked at it and, and thought through the facts of how much time I had, the resources I had, the manpower I had, um, I realized that this wasn't actually something that was going to work well in my current situation. And although Dana and I at that time, we, were, we weren't at full support with our ministry, um, so we, we were struggling financially. We could have used a little bit more money. But we realized, you know what, by trying to solve this problem of needing a little bit more cash, we were actually going to be creating other problems that were bigger problems than the one that we were trying to solve. And so we realized that's not actually, this wasn't the solution to our problem. So one of the things you want to think through is by trying to solve the problem that you're trying to solve. What other problems might arise? Because you always want to make sure that... I had uh, multiple times in our, in our home, as Dana and I have tried to arrange our home, where we're like, yeah, we need, we need a place to put all the books. We're going to buy this huge bookshelf and, or whatever, and we're going to put it right over here. We, we'll find a place to put it, no worries. And then we, we install it, we drill it to the wall and everything. And we're like, ah, stand back and we look and we go, oh no. Oh no. Now the door won't open. <laughs> or whatever. So you, you want to make sure, you want to make sure that the problem that you're solving doesn't create bigger problems. Um, I've done that way too many times. Okay. So number four is study what the Bible says about the topic of your decision. Okay, And this doesn't necessarily mean that you're just reading through the whole Bible looking for answers to your question. But you you could be going to friends and asking them, hey, what verses do you know that pertain to this? What passages or stories in the Bible can I be studying? Um, This is why scripture memory is really important because you might have scriptures coming to your mind that you can then go back to and study and study those passages um, and collecting what God's Word says about the topic of your decision, so if you 're thinking about um, thinking about marriage, wow, you really want to know what the Bible says about that if you 're thinking about what career choice um, you might want to study some some uh, passages on the will of God, you might also want to study some passages on spiritual gifts and and uh, and see how God has shaped your gifting. you might want to study some passages on calling on how God has called people. Um, and then start praying through those. Psalm 119.105 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And so we can trust that the Bible is going to speak to us about the topic that we are trying to make a decision in. So you want to seek wisdom from scriptures, from, from the scriptures. Um, what appears normal or right in our perspective, may actually turn out to be very different from God's perspective. I even think about um, what Elliot was saying in this last session. I just thought, wow, what an amazing perspective when he talked about um, Jeremiah 29 and choosing to be established in a place, choosing to really build there instead of, always thinking about, oh, I'm just going to use this as a pass-through phase to the next thing. Um, I, th- I think that really combats a, a lot of normal, like, senior college perspectives, right? <laughs> like, you're thinking, okay, what's next? Like, I, this, I'm just going to find the cheapest place to live, kind of buckle down, you know, focus on my internship, focus on getting through my studies, and get out. And what a different perspective that Elliot brought from Jeremiah 29. No, wait, actually God's perspective might be, hey, we've got a whole nother year. Let's let's really buckle down in terms of being established and making an impact and, and seeking the well-being and the good of our campus and spreading the gospel on our campus. It's a very different perspective from what might seem right and normal in the normal, uh, our culture's perspective. Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. So there might be things that at first seem like, oh yeah, this decision's a no brainer. But after studying scripture and getting advice, you go, wait a minute. Actually, my perspective was a little bit off. Isaiah 55 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. So what we want to do in this process of looking at what the Bible says about this topic is, we want to work on starting to conform our mind and our thought process to God's. Right? Does anyone have Romans twelve two memorized? I know Aaron does for sure, but anyone else? Romans twelve two? Oh, go for it! Alright, stand stand up, stand up. We're gonna let, <laughs> pre- preach it, preach it. you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, good, pleasing, and perfect will. Wow. Okay. That last part of the verse, then you will be able to know what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. That's what we want, right? Or at least that's what we should want as we're making a decision. We're really asking the question, is that, As our mind is conformed, not to the world's way of thinking, but to God's way of thinking, that's when we are going to understand God's will. And in the process, change our minds, letting God transform us through his word. And so if you want to do that in a specific topic for a specific decision, you want to study what does the Bible say, and then conform your thinking to his thinking on this. Okay? Um, so once you've done that, you want to go back to your note, wherever your, your Apple note or your notebook, whatever you did, where you jotted down all your different options, where you jotted down what the big problem was that you're trying to solve, where you jotted down the facts. You want to go back to that notebook and then record your insights from what God has spoken to you about. And you might need to modify some of your existing options. There might be two or three of those things, those options that you had written down as potential choices. You go, you know what, according to God's word now, these aren't even valid options anymore. These, I thought they were good options at first, but nope, just cross them off. That makes the decision a whole lot easier for you when you know, hey, these three aren't even valid anymore. So you might need to modify some options. You might need to just cross some out. Um, it might even become really clear at that point what the right option is. Okay, but number five is this. Seek and consider wise counsel. Seek and consider wise counsel. Proverbs 11, 11 14 says, "Where there is says, Where there is no guidance, the people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. So this is not what Disney Channel taught us, okay? Disney Channel taught, here's what I learned growing up from Disney Channel. Everyone else is prob- probably wrong. You need to trust your hearts. The authorities don't really know that much. They are missing the whole picture. If you, think in your right, if you think in your heart something's right, you gotta go with that and you'll be the hero at the end of the story. Just wait and see. Proverbs has a different perspective. Proverbs says, actually, it's backwards. The wise person is going to humble themselves and go get an abundance of counselors. And maybe that idea that was once in their heart or in your heart might turn out to be not such a great idea. Or the counselors might go, you know what? That is a great idea. That seems like that's something from the Lord. Go for it. But don't miss out on seeking wise counsel, especially for big decisions in your life, so you want to gather advice from wise counselors. So who are wise counselors? Who do you want to be looking for? you guys have any ideas about this? Any ideas? Who, who would you consider a wise counselor? I'm not looking for names. I'm talking about like types of people that you're looking for. are where you are right now a longer period of time. Yeah. yeah. So people who have been in your place who are walking on the same path that you're wanting to walk, right? So walking with the Lord, yep. People who are discipling you, yes, yes. There's a verse, I think it's in Hebrews, it talks about imitating the lives of the, uh, of the leaders who you've seen. So your disciples are people you've actually seen, right? Um, people who are what you want to become. Yeah, people who are what you want to become, that's great. Yes, people who know you personally. That's great. One more. Oh, over here. People who have no personal stakes in, like, people who are not going to be affected by the decision. Right. So, like, in my case, when there was the guy who was trying to get me to join his uh, network marketing scheme, uh, maybe there was some personal investment in my decision, right? Yeah, for sure. That's great. Um, That's right. So there's actually a story in, in the Bible about a young, a young king. He came into power, and he, um, he wanted to know what he should do. And so he went to um, the older wise counselors, and they told him, hey, you know what, if you are kind to the people, if you show them mercy, if you don't overwork them and overtax them, um, then they're going to be faithful to you. You know, they're, you're going to win their trust and they're gonna follow you. And he was like, oh, that doesn't sound very fun. So he went to his young buddies and he's, he asked his young buddies, what should I do? And his young buddies, they said, dude, listen, if you really want them to respect them, if you, if you really want them to respect you, you need to show them who's boss, okay? And then they'll really respect you. You need to work them hard, you know, show them that you are not gonna give them extra slack And then they'll know, I'm going to fear this guy and respect him. And he thought, that sounds really cool. All right. And so he tried that, ruined it, ruined the kingdom for him. Um, There's a such thing as bad advice. There really is. And it might be the advice you want to hear. About a year ago, I was... um, Talking with someone he wasn't a part of, our, of my ministry, I was at a doctor's appointment I was talking with this guy, and he wasn't a christian and he said and it was interesting hearing it from his his perspective because he wasn't a Christian he was living with with a, a really good friend who was a christian, his roommate and his roommate man he saw this beautiful young lady she took an interest in him, he was really interested in her, and so he tells this uh, guy who I'm talking with, he says, man, I don't know what I should do. I'm really into this girl, but I'm a Christian. I know there's no future with her. And the guy literally says, dude, when are you going to stop thinking and start listening to your heart? Right? When are going to stop thinking and start listening to your heart? And so he goes, you know what? That sounds really nice. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And he went, he went through it. He, he, he started dating that girl. He f- just fell head over heel, heels for her. She fell in love with him. But there still came a point when they realized there's no future together. And it hurt so bad to have to break that off. And I was told that story by the perspective of, of the non-believing friend who gave the bad advice in the first place there is a such thing as bad advice and sometimes it seems sweet. So you really do want to check uh, who are you asking the, the guy on YouTube who seems so cool might not be giving you the best advice. The Instagram reels might not be giving the best advice. It sounds really hip. It's got the music in the background. It's got the words flashing and the, the cool subtitles that are like different fonts and it's so cool. Might not be the best advice. Sometimes it's great, um, so yeah, you want to look for people who have a biblical worldview, a, a worldview that is thoroughly biblical. They're coming at they're coming to you with advice from a godly perspective. You want to p- uh, look at people who have a history of applying the Bible to their own decision making process. You want to look for people who have a track record of walking with God faithfully and have. Proven to have success in the area that you are trying to make a decision in. So, it, you know, you, for, for campus ministry, there have been often times when I'm looking for another guy who's been successful in campus ministry, I've called Neil many times to talk with him about things that I was going through because he, he knows it. He knows the, what, what's going on. Um, uh, when I'm needing advice on... Uh, family, oftentimes I'll go to my pastor. He's got four kids who are a little bit older than mine. And uh, so he knows how it is to be trying to walk with God and go through the struggles of leading four young children. Um, What you want to do is you want to share your situation and share the facts with that person who you're getting wise counsel from. You want to let them see the whole picture. Don't be hiding the thing that you don't want them to know because that might be something... That's really important for them to be able to give you accurate advice and counsel. Um, And then you want to ask them for their input, but also what other scripture passages you might be able to go and and study. And then what they've given you now is gold. What do you do with gold? You treasure it, right? So when you go and meet with them, you want to take your voice memo so you can record it, or you want to, you know, take your, your notebook with you so you can be jotting down stuff so that you can pray over that counsel that's been given to you. Okay. And I, like I already mentioned, I got this as another bullet point, but not all counsel is good and godly counsel. Okay. Um, the sixth thing and realize I'm not putting this as the first thing I'm putting this as a sixth thing. Okay but is be open to subjective signs from the Lord. Be open to subjective signs, okay? Um, Now, if you're not careful and you rely solely on this instead of primarily on the Word of God, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble because you have an enemy who would love to give you miraculous subjective promptings or signs, in the wrong direction. And uh, in 1 John, it talks about testing every spirit. because not every spirit is of God. You want to be comparing any subjective signs to the word of God. We see this um, happen all the time uh, in, in the New Testament, particularly in the book of Acts. You can read some of the stories. I've jotted down Acts 16, 8 through 10. Um, but it could be dreams or visions that God might give to you. Uh, it might be signs such as um, the story of Gideon, who he felt like he, he the Lord was speaking to him, but he wanted some confirmation. And so he set out a a fleece outside and asked God um, to let all the ground around be wet with, with dew, but the fleece outside be dry as a sign that it really was the Lord speaking to him. And that happened, and then he flipped it the other way around, and said, okay, now God, let the fleece be wet and let the ground be dry. And the Lord confirmed through those signs. Um, I mentioned Harold Bullock earlier, and, uh, he, and in, uh, one of his decision-making processes, he, he was praying that God would give him a sign of sending a check for a certain amount of money in the mail from a very unusual, unexpected source. That's a crazy thing to pray for. But he felt like the Lord was leading him to pray for that sign to confirm a a ministry decision he had to make. And so um, the Lord ended up confirming through that means. And he was able to move forward in ministry and everything came together for that decision. Um, So be open uh, to those subjective signs, but always, always, always test them back with the word of God. Okay, let me give you an example of how this could go wrong. I was once talking with a lady, and she said to me, I walk with God, but no one can tell me that God doesn't want me to get high. I was like, that's an interesting thing to say. And um, she said, yeah, because one time I was walking, and it was my birthday, and I asked God that, that I could smoke a joint. Ridiculous! You can laugh. It's okay. It's a little funny. It's a little funny, and literally, she said, and then I looked down, and a perfectly rolled joint was right there on the ground, and I knew it was a sign from God. And I was like, "Yo, that was a sign from Satan!" Okay, now I didn't actually say that, but in my mind, I was like, "Okay, like that was not from the Lord. Like there is another spirit that is trying to lead you astray, right there." Uh, But she wasn't testing it with scripture. She, she was just going off of simply that subjective sign, and the enemy can perform all sorts of subjective signs and miracles, um, and he, he has a measure of power as well. Ultimately, our God is the all-powerful God, uh, but it's important to note that we have to test every sign back to scripture, but God can do that. I'll give you an example in my life um I was trying to decide what I should do in my relationship with my girlfriend who was Dana and she's now my wife but at one time she wasn't okay and <clears throat> the first time I w- I was like okay I w- I want to tell Dana I love her we'd been dating for a really long time okay like like almost 30 days okay <laughs> it was forever okay <laughs> And, uh, but it was right before I was about to go move overseas and we weren't going to see each other for 14 months. And I, I didn't really want to like mess around. Okay. I was like, Hey, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And so I remember sitting down with her right here. she's right here. I'm just picture cute little Dana. And I said, Dana, I need to tell you, I love you. And she fell back literally laughing. (laughs) And I was like, this wasn't supposed to be funny. This was supposed to be like romantic, you know? And she was like, Kevin, I, um, I'm not going to like fall in love with someone until I know I'm going to marry that person. And I was like, okay, thanks for being honest. And then I went back to my room and cried. Okay. And, um, well, listen, it all worked out. Okay. <laughs> okay. Six months later, she came to visit me in, in China. Uh, cause I was living in China and um i was not i just you you ever feel like you're just like man i'm just like not very i'm like at the bottom of my game right now i just felt like not cool at all like nothing was smooth everything was just bad you know i just felt like it was really bad and um i was like she spent like two weeks in, in in china where i was at and um Anyway, I was, like, kind of discouraged, like, about ministry and stuff at that time. I just, I wasn't this, like, optimistic, you know, husband-type leader, you know. I just felt really low. And so she went back, back home to the States, and I was like, oh, she's totally going to break up with me. And I just, I prayed. I said, God, I don't want to mess around. Like, if, if I'm supposed to marry Dana, would you let her fall in love with me now? And if not, would you just let me know and let's, so I can break things off because I don't want to drag this. We're in a long distance relationship. It's, you know, it's, it's already hard. And uh, we got to talk once a week, okay, on, on a, a horrible Zoom call, okay? It was like, this is in 2012, and it's like you can hear every other word, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but we were waiting, I was waiting to talk with her. And I had prayed that week that she would fall in love with me. And that week she realized that she loved me. And so when she, when she called me, she said, Kevin, there was something I needed to tell you. I realized that I love you. And I was like, what? That's crazy. Like right after I prayed that that would happen. Um, and so... Um, she was like, "Okay, so what are we gonna do? We're we gonna get married now, or what's what's going on?" So, anyways, I was like, "Okay, you really were real about that." Um, yeah. Okay. So, on to the seventh thing. Seventh thing. This is the last thing for us. Before you finalize, be sure to analyze. Before you finalize, be sure to analyze. Okay. Before you pull the trigger on the decision, it says the plans of the diligent leads surely to abundance but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty poverty and proverbs 18:13 says if one gives an answer before he hears it is his folly and shame okay in other words if you're trying to make a, answer a question or even answer a problem or come to a conclusion before you, you've really thought it through before you've really gotten the fact, before you've really heard all the parts, the parts of it, um, it, it's folly and shame. So you want to make sure, once again, you really understand the problem. You know what you're trying to get done. Uh, you want to ask yourself, is this the right time? Is this the right way to do this? And um, once again, you might want to check what is going to go wrong if I make this decision? What other problems? might this, this cause. Um, and so a lot of times what happens is as people are trying to make decisions, they think they're going through a deep decision-making process. But in reality, they're just stewing over the same batch of facts again and again and again. Okay? And that can just take forever. You're not going to get anywhere if you're just going over the situation again and again in your mind. You wanna actually go through a decision-making process such as what I've laid out for you today, which, like I said, this is just stuff that I've learned from others and from scripture and just pass it on to you. This isn't my my wisdom that I you know came up with. Um so hopefully that was that was helpful. And uh we got time we're going to lunch now, right? Cool. And if any of you guys wanna wanna chat later on. Um, I'd love to do that, but uh thank you guys so much for uh listening asking uh and participating and answering my questions and stuff like that so